So here's some footage of Hurricane Doug from my house. Came through Maui this week. Um, took a shot of a little bit of that from the iPhone on the, on the front porch looking out over the Central Valley of Maui. And, uh, it was an interesting week. Hey everybody, welcome back to the My Pilgrimage Podcast, Episode 9. Today we're talking about processing. This is another word we've sort of adopted to describe a certain tool that we use. Everything's kind of been leading up to how do you do this? How do you do this work? Now that we've built a lot of self-awareness and we've built a lot of a vocabulary to describe what we do, how do we sit down and begin using our spirit, our energetic body to help heal us? That's what we're going to be discussing this week. The conversation in Arizona took place between myself and Jason where we were talking about how to get started and I talk a little bit about my first processes. The word processing we actually got from White Raven Center in Anchorage, which is a healing center in Anchorage, Alaska, where my friend Floyd and his wife Marianne do facilitation of this type of work and helping heal others. Jason had a lot of questions about how exactly to do it, and we try and clear some of that up. Afterwards, Seth and I have a conversation about where processing has taken us, what we think about it. It's relatively brief compared to some of the other conversations we've had in the past weeks, but I think you'll enjoy it. So, without further ado, here's Jason and I in Arizona talking about processing. So, chapter nine is all about processing. Uh, processing is a word we describe um, now that we've been kind of going through all this and discovering the stuff that we carry inside us, the stuff we push down and repressed, and, and we want to move that stuff out, and we believe God for that as well. Uh, chapter nine is about getting that out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we use the word processing um, simply because it's it's about basically taking emotion and being able to um, you know process it in something else that can kind of leave us and expel it out of your body. So um, so there's like six steps, right? Six okay. basic steps to processing. Um, the first one uh, is lay down. It, it helps you lay down. You can learn to process in other ways later on, but when you start. Laying down is good. Um, sometimes even like in the dark might help. You know, some people get distracted visually or putting on a blindfold or something like that helps. Do you have like a favorite place to lay down? I personally, I got to find some place quiet. Yeah. I mean, especially if you got kids and stuff, it can be a little bit hard because mm-hmm. you know, stuff's going on in the house. So sometimes if they're not in the house, you know, you can find a quiet spot. Um, I know my brother will lay down like in his closet, you know, and he's gonna kind of walk in closet. He'll lay down in there. Okay. Um, for me, I just I just have to find some place where there's no kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, totally. I used to be in my office. You know, I used to do that. Okay. So why would you lay down? Is it, you well, mentioned that there's maybe yeah. other ways to do it, but you like to lay down. Why would you lay down? Um, Laying down is, a, is a, well, easy. first and foremost is that, you know, the next step is about breathing. And it helps you to lay down because the breathing becomes somewhat flawless, but also because your back is supported, mm-hmm. your diaphragm goes up, and it's, it becomes much easier to kind of feel what's going on inside of us. Okay. Um, so it's really, it's really a beneficial thing just to kind of be down on your, on your back so you're not having to kind of, your muscles aren't even engaged. You can really relax your whole body. Yeah. And that really helps. That makes sense. Yeah. So this in the second step, of course, is breathing. And breathing is central to you know, everything that we do in terms of our emotions, you know. There's a lot of kind of talk out there about how we don't breathe enough, we breathe shallow. We use kind of the, you know, we don't use the last 20% of the upper 20% of our lungs and you want to fill your lungs with air. You want to really kind of breathe that in, you know, and big, I like to do, and you'll hear people kind of, oh, take a cleansing breath. Mm -hmm. That's essentially what you're doing and you allow yourself to continue to do that. And what that does is it engages a lot of that emotion and you'll start to feel, and that's why people don't want to do it. They don't want to breathe because we don't want to 
feel those things all the time. So that starts the process. Okay. Step three is feeling. Mm -hmm. So we're breathing now and feeling is something that you do. It's not something you have to find a decision. You're going to, it's going to start to happen if you're doing the breathing and you're concentrating on your body. And when I say your body, I'm talking about really top of your head, kind of down to your lower half and just allowing yourself to kind of feel what's going on inside there. Mm -hmm. And, and in a very literal sense, like, do I feel a knot in my chest? Do I feel a lump in my throat? You know, do I feel like my stomach is just full of junk? You know, it's actually feeling those spots, recognizing that. And sometimes it even helps to say it and go, mm -hmm. I feel a knot in my chest. Step number four is praying. Mm -hmm. um, we, we've always been taught to pray in the Christian church. Yeah. So we pray all the time. We're doing a lot of listening here. You know, we're feeling our body and we're doing a lot of listening, allowing God to kind of come into it. But sometimes it starts with just asking God, you know, to show us those things. To, you know, I, when I started processing, I would start with a prayer. I'd say, I'd say, God, you know, I feel this knot in my chest. Will you show me what that is? Mm -hmm. I feel a lump in my throat. Will you show me what that is? I don't want this anymore. You know, it's really that intentional prayer of what you, you know, what you want. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that. And then I would continue that breathing. Um, and how long would this normally take? So this is the thing, right? Is that for me, the first time, it went fast. Uh -huh. um, 30 seconds. Oh, really? Yeah. I've had friends breathe for 10 minutes before it starts. A lot of it comes down to how comfortable are you with feeling. Okay. You know, sometimes we give her very numb and we don't want... And we don't want to recognize what's going on. And we're not intentional necessarily about kind of getting that out. We, we're very comfortable with the things we've carried around for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. So, and I was ready for it to be out. Yeah. I was very ready for that. And so when I started breathing and I kind of saw I said, I want that thing out. And, and see, because the next step is really important here, right? The next step, step number five, mm -hmm. is find your emotional truth. And it's really important to understand something when we're talking about truth. Because that can be such a, I don't know, a crux it's something we get stuck on in Christianity because we want to say the truth, the truth. There's this one truth. Now, in that moment when you're feeling something, let's say I'm laying there and I have a knot in my chest and I start breathing and I start to feel anger. Uh -huh. Now the emotional truth in that moment is that I'm angry or I have anger in me. Now it doesn't mean that I have a right to be angry or a reason to be angry or anything like that. It means that there's anger in me and that's what's true. So... You have to recognize that and you got to be okay with it. You got to say, yeah, I'm angry. Mm -hmm. Don't judge it. Forget about the reasons why. Don't sit there and say, well, no, I don't want to be angry at my dad or I feel anger about my mom. I don't want to be angry about it. You, you got to be like, well, I, it just is. I'm angry and I don't want it in me. So you, know? you mentioned that it took 30 seconds for you and 10 minutes for a buddy of yours before it started. Like, what is it that you're uh, saying means that it started? That's good. Yeah. So... Step number six is to move it out. Uh -huh. And don't be afraid because God is with you in that process. Mm. When it starts, um, it can come out in all kinds of ways. Now, think about it this way. There's, there's a simple, like, kind of, we all have this idea of a therapy. Somebody saying, hey, I used a bat and I beat up on something. You know, I was screaming and, ah. And maybe that's the way that we're expressing anger. You'll hear people say, I go work out and I'm able to express my emotions. Mm -hmm. Anger, for me... I, I scream. Okay. It comes out and I allow it. That's why it's important the kids aren't around oh, okay. <laughs> when you're processing. Because yeah. you don't want to freak them out. You know, I yeah. had my, I had an eight or my eight-year-old 
one time walking on me processing and I had to really sit and explain that. So you kind of want to avoid, <laughs> you want to avoid that if you can. Um, when I felt anger, I got up on my knees and I'm blindfolded. I'm on my knees and there was a pillow and I'm smashing and I'm screaming and I'm screaming. And now this isn't what you're doing. You're not sitting here saying, I hate you because you really hate them. You're understanding that the anger's here. Mm-hmm. and you're moving it out and so through that expression you're continuing to breathe and you're continuing to move and whatever's true in that moment you just allow it to go it's so important that you don't judge so for instance when I first processed and I was dealing with the trauma of my father's death mm-hmm. um, I came to a point where I felt angry and I didn't know why but I was angry and I started to kind of breathe on that and I'm seeing that in my mind and I'm breathing and I'm going what is this what is it and I was, all of a sudden I could see my father's face hmm. and I could see that I was angry at him hmm. now I could have stopped saying oh he's dead I don't want to be angry at him I don't want to I don't want to be angry I don't want to hurt your feelings or something like that but the truth of the matter was is I'm like okay this is what it is so I laid into him and I started screaming and screaming and all this stuff was coming out of me and I'm saying these things that were would have been very hurtful to someone if he was standing in front sure. of me. But I'm saying them and I'm saying them. And what happened was, after a while, something else started coming. I found it was almost like a battery was running out, like that energy or whatever you want to call it, that, that anger starts to dissipate, starts to go away. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I'm not angry. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing it and I'm not angry anymore. And something else is in its place. And all of a sudden, I felt compassion, mm. felt understanding. And I felt, and I was like looking at him going, and I could feel this warmth coming over me. And this kind of peace started to settle inside. And all of a sudden I could look at him and I understood him as a brother. Yeah. Instead of just this man who abandoned me when I was 12. Uh, right? Okay. So there's a faith element to it because you're, you're trusting. When you say that prayer, you are trusting that God and in his Holy Spirit is going to come and going to actually help you with this process of moving things out of you and healing that part of you. Mm-hmm. Because it's essentially like gaining a piece of yourself back. You know, for me, it was like, there's this 12-year-old David, you know, who lost his father. And it's like I was able to kind of move through all that and welcome that, that 12-year-old, that piece of me back mm. and say, you can, you can be with me now. And that was an important thing, you know, for me. I'm, I'm a very visual processor. People, some people are, they, they deal with it differently. Um, me being an artist and everything, I, I tend to see things very clearly. And so yeah. I use my imagination a lot and I can see my father in that, in, you know, that I, I like said, I was blindfolded so I could see him. And I, at the end, I was actually able to look at the 12 year old me in my imagination. And I was able to just give him a hug and mm. just welcome him back. Yeah. So it was a very healing process. And when you're done, it feels, um, I can just describe it for me. It was incredibly peaceful. Now that's only one process that I did. And that was my very first one. Okay. There are a lot more. So yeah, you know. as you continue to process, do you do you ever revisit the same thing, or is it truly out and you're on to the next thing? You know, I I don't I don't put a lot of rules on it because mm-hmm. of that element of that emotional truth that when you go into processing, if you if you get into a spiritual practice, because really this is this is a new spiritual practice. Okay. If you get into that space where you say, you know, as a part, of, I'm not just going to be, you know, I, you do your prayer and you can have your devotions and and that kind of thing. But also, you spend some time listening. You know, we talk and talk and talk to God, but do we just sit and listen? And sometimes you can allow, this can be part of that practice. And so it's whatever comes, you allow it to come. You know, you don't take that out of there and say, man, to your wife, I did a process about you. You were such a, <laughs> I couldn't, yeah, I was so angry at you. You don't do that because you understand that in that space, 
It's more between you and God. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. exactly it. It's between you and God. It's very private. It's very sacred. But it's allowing yourself to continue to heal internally. Mm-hmm. Just heal internally and just continue to move that stuff out. For me, I never went back to that that process. That, for me, was a very complete one. I mean, I had a lot of other ones, and some of them dealing with my father and other things, but I never went back to that one. That was a, It kind of sealed the deal yeah. for me. In the end, we want real freedom, mm-hmm. and real freedom only comes with healing. So Jason and I just had this conversation in which we introduced this idea of processing, and processing is uh, another word Please, everyone who's listening, understand we just said a word. It's a word. It's a word. And we know and about it's not word. in the Bible. As and far it's as not in the Bible. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the Hebrew or Greek for processing is. But. but we actually see a lot of processing in the Bible. There's a yes. lot. Yeah. yeah. What you, what, our uh, processing is, is a word that we actually got from the White Raven Center. It's a word that they used in, in terms of moving energy, in terms of during the healing process. Yeah. And uh, so we're just going to spend just a few minutes kind of, talking about how processing uh, was for us at the beginning and right. then how it's changed over the years. Um, a lot of the people that are listening are at the beginning of this process and, and we want to kind of, kind of help lay out how that works. Um, but one example I, I was thinking about in terms of processing uh, in the Bible, I was thinking about Samson, you know, mm-hmm. and the whole yeah. Page. Pulling down the temple? Yeah, pulling down the temple. Kind yeah, of we did some of that at White Raven. Some pulling yeah, down. yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of that, um, you know, you see in the Psalms and you see um, heavy, heavy grieving. You see Jesus in the desert, in the, you know, and then in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, you see that movement of emotion and energy. Um, we try and present it in the video, and, we, and here we're trying to present that this is a normal human system, right? That emotions are made of energies that, 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 pain and trauma and things like that are meant to move and flow through us where we are meant to experience them mm-hmm. we're meant to experience when a traumatic event happens we're supposed to experience that trauma mm-hmm. and so if so let's say you lose someone people talk about this the the grief cycle and about right. the, the this how to help how to grieve in a healthy way and that in typically is moving that energy in a healthy way and that there are these kind of ways to do that but that we don't tend to apply that to what, what a society calls a non-traumatic event. Right. So, right. But we're starting to understand that trauma in a lot of, in a lot of other ways is, is it's a spectrum. Mm-hmm. And if I'm experiencing a low level trauma, like I'm six years old and I'm at school and a kid calls me, you know, makes fun of me cause I'm wearing the wrong brand of jeans, <laughs> which happened a lot when I was a kid yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Those that kind of little trauma happens to the six year old or whatever, and he he goes home and 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 he feels that and he buttons that up. He tries to work through it in his little immature kid brain and he tries to figure it out. But his parents might go, "Your genes are just fine." He doesn't know what he's talking about and don't acknowledge the hurt and help. What does that feel like? You know, what does that feel like? You know, do you feel like it's okay to cry? It's okay to move that. It's okay to feel that and work through it and help him go through that steps, which. Parents, I mean, come on, like your parents don't have those tools, a lot of them, and even the best parents in the world are still going to mess up in those areas, right? So the kids are going to have those things as they go along. And so this becomes a thing is as we get older, we have to learn this stuff. So yeah, um, when you first started uh, processing, you know, and and learning about that stuff like that, what was the experience? I know you and I had kind of different experiences, but I want to kind of hear your kind of thoughts on, on your first, the first couple of years of your working through this stuff. Oh, man. Gosh, it's changed a lot. 
it's changed a lot, a lot, but, but it, at first it was pretty simple. I, I, I had, I think I mentioned this in one of the previous episodes. I had a uh, kind of, caught onto this quote by Meister Eckhart where he said the kingdom of God is not found within the human soul by a process of addition, but by subtraction. So when I heard them talking about moving energy, it, it clicked so easy for me. It made complete sense. I'm like, Oh, so at the core we're we're made in the image of God, right? The Imago Dei, this idea we are made of God. Right. And so it became being that I am God inside. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, like Paul says, it's not me who sins, but sin that dwells in me. So he's talking about this kind of like this weed system. And that's kind of how Floyd had explained it. It's like weeds that are choking out the garden. And if you remove the weeds, then the, that godness shines yeah, makes through. Sense. So Super yeah, it made complete yeah. sense to me. And I was like, okay, this makes, this makes total sense. So that, that, you know, God is found in the human soul when it's uncovered. There's a revealing kind of component to it. So when he was talking about moving energy, I was like, let's do it. You know, but for me at the beginning, it, I was just a bull in a china shop. I, I mean, my ego grasped onto my healing process pretty fast. So it was just, we got to move energy. We got to move energy. Yeah. We got to move energy. And I was working so hard at moving energy that at times I would kind of not be able to do anything because you can't do it with your ego. You can't do it with your thinking brain. Right. It's a, it's an actual process. And, and there's, you know, at White Raven, they taught us a lot through the breath, like, you know, deep breath especially over longer periods of time has a, an ability to put the body into what some people could call like a psych, almost like a psychedelic state right. where it has you, where your, your consciousness can open up and you can actually move this energy out of your body. Right. But the I want to come back, I want to come back to breath in a little bit here too. But yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. But, the, but, and, and for me, the theology that I was starting to study was everywhere because people were going, Oh man, there's, there's, such, there's an ancient tradition around breath, you know, around mm-hmm. this idea of spirit, the pneuma, you know, is the Greek, you know, spirit and breath, you know, the Ruach, you know, the, of, of the old Testament spirit, means spirit it means breath right and that there was this some so for me i was going and in you the way you'd explain it to me when you started working white raven it was it was always oh we're learning how to use our spirit so all of it worked so easy for me that i was just like let's do this and i started going in deeper and deeper but i'm a hyper curious person which is really helpful in this process if there's somebody out there listening the more curious you are the better because i was just going i was hunting for teachers and find i mean i mean monty uh down here and and Floyd and, and I'm all over the internet looking for guys and I'm listening to people and I'm looking for Christians somewhere that have some evidence that they're actually using the spirit, living in the spirit, accessing and walking in the spirit. Right. And, uh, and I just started, but it, but it was this thing where so much of it was simply about feeling how the, sh- the chakras, okay, mm-hmm. these energy centers in the body hold these different types of energy. And then it just grew from there. It'd be, right. It would be one of those things where after, after years, I started learning more masterful ways to deal with that energy as opposed to ha- it having to explode out of my body a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I hated doing rage work, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, we would do rage work. You got all this anger jammed in your body. And, right. you know, sometimes a white raven, they put a baseball bat in your hands. And I right. hated doing that because it felt like I was trying to shit bricks, to be honest with you. It was just like this. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I can't get this out. I got kind of thing. E on it again. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I'm gonna give you a dollar every time you don't have to have an E on our okay. episode because we're in okay. uh, I mean, well, I only had. I remember one time that I raged, and it was a really, really powerful experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I was also looking at that process and going, God, there's got to be a more gentle way to do this. There has to. If it's just energy. Right. It shouldn't have to explode out of the body. There should be a better way to deal with this. And so over the years I was being taught and I was learning and I was asking more and more questions about this. So now I've come to this point where processing for me now 
is a much more intuitive, much gentler, much more masterful experience than it yeah. is. Like I don't have my clients, I don't have them screaming and yelling. I don't have them. Um, sometimes I'll have them watching themselves scream mm-hmm. and yell, but we don't have to process the same way. But I'm not saying that that's there's something wrong with that. It's it's okay. Right. That's it. No, no. I see. I've I've seen it help a lot of people. I yeah. I think that I I think that, and this is this is my opinion. And if anybody from White Raven Center like was listening to this podcast and, and heard that, this is not meant to be a critique of their of the work they do there. I think it's probably, no. They're listen, yeah, they're world changers. Yeah, totally. And it's yeah. changed my entire life and stuff like that. Amazing I think that well. that. Though I do think that some of the rage work, it's easy for the ego. Um, yeah. yeah. Ego loves doing that. It like just, you know what I mean? To, to yeah. jump and go, oh, we know, how to, we know how to get angry, you know? And, for, right. and, and, and I will say that from certain people, there are certain people that like who their whole lives just sat like this and they were never, they never got to use their voice. That anger was the, was the thing you weren't allowed to express or show in their family. Right. Whereas in our family, you know, you could blow your top and we got to see some top blowing and, um, yeah. you know, not in, you know, in, you know, it wasn't like over the top bad all the time, but, it, but I know for me, I, I had a temper and, and man, I just went blow, I would blow it. You and I would get at it and everything. <laughs> right. And Good, it was, yeah. a, so, so anger was a thing that we did use and that's, yeah. and, and, and I always found similar to what you're talking about that when I would be processing, I had to go through rage work. My ego would just be like, Oh yeah, no, we totally know this music. We'll do it. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah. And that I needed a gentler way. Yeah. Well, and also I discovered over time that a lot of the energy we're trying to move is made of anger. Right. So you, you run into something that if you're trying to move, if the, if I have to experience the anger within me and become the anger within me, then, it, then there's, you can get lost in this kind of gray area where you don't know what's you and what's not. Right. You know? Right. And so, and, and what I mean by that is like I would encounter an entity or something. And the entity's energy is pure rage because that's what it was born in. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm identified with it. So I'm going to war with this thing, which is where, in my opinion, this is where the entire concept of spiritual warfare comes from. We identify with the energy that's in us. It's made of anger, rage, war. Mm-hmm. And now we're fighting on its grounds, on its turf. Right. You know? So now I'm in this. And so I remember I was on the mat doing some processing, doing some work with Monty and, and I would always imagine myself pulling out this monster sword and just yeah. like hacking demons to pieces and stuff. And he was like, Hey, Hey, let me show you, mm. show you a better way. Yeah. We talked about this one. Yeah. yeah. Talked yeah. Before. yeah. And then he's just like, love is the most powerful force in the universe. And then when he said that, that changed my whole life because yeah. I started going, Oh, cause everything kind of converged at that moment going, Oh, that's what Gandhi and Mandela and MLK and Jesus and all these guys were talking about. Yeah, There's, yeah. You know, it's a soul force. It's an actual, it's an actual energetic thing. Right. There is an ability. So we have the ability to encounter all rage, anger, suffering, pain with mm-hmm. war. We, we can encounter that with love and it actually can make a change. So within myself first and then in the world around me. So when Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. Right got to do it inside yourself first yeah so so processing now for me it's still that process of fe- it begins with feeling right. being able to feel the energy in the body yeah. you know and when we get to that point then how do we move that and you know I, it's interesting because i think that's this probably is the thing that guys and girls that are on the facebook site people that are on the facebook site are really uh they wrestle with it because they're like oh, i'm trying to move this energy and you and me do right. a lot of kind of shepherding you know and coaching right. In that area right. with people is going, Hey, right. try this. And, yeah. and, and helping people be more present with the energy instead of always fighting it, you know? Right. 
Yeah, um, it's it's one of the things that I learned. I learned through my after a couple of years of working through this stuff was that um, there's a really really simple understanding you can arrive at after, you, but you have to get there when you get there, and that yeah. is, oh, it's not a thing. Like that, <laughs> that the energy that's in you, it literally is is instant. You know, I I used to. I used to, it was the same thing. I, you know, I, I got to do all this. I got to lay down. I got to blindfold myself. I got to do all the processing. I got to work through that and stuff. And I did. And you have to do those, that work until you also don't, until you come to that realization of love is the powerful thing. And sure. But I would get to this point where I would just, now I'd go and close my eyes and, yeah. and yeah. Process, I just processed. I just, yeah. just left, you know, or like I was talking with a friend this morning and done right and it was like kind of this thing right um I, one of the first big lessons that i saw um of different people kind of understanding this is and i want to tell the story now jason if our friend jason is is listening um i'm going to tell a story about him uh this was the first year at a in alaska where we did the retreats and my pilgrimage retreats and the guys were coming up there and i think i've told you this story before but yeah um i was the alaska resident and the hiker extraordinary guy so i had to do all the guide guiding for the hikes that we were doing and stuff. And some guys were going fishing and some guys were doing other things, but I was taking groups hiking on different hikes. Right. Yeah. And, um, I took, I, I took, was a little jelly by the way, cause I was sitting back and helping guys process. I I like, you had, I you had to work hard. That's a, I was like, <laughs> I did 12, 12 in a day that day. unfortunately you didn't know the mountains <laughs> like I did. You know? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh, right. But I had, but it, well, interestingly enough, the hikes ended up being some processing right? and, yeah. and, and, and it was just me with a bunch of guys. Whereas you're in the room with like one person and you got Rebecca with you or something, somebody helping you. And I like all of a sudden I've got, I've got like 10 guys that I'm trying to keep alive while yeah. they're all processing along the track. <laughs> <laughs> it was, a, it was an interesting experience because I remember, uh, well, just real quickly. I mean, one day we're, these guys had all done some work. They had done some work with you and Rebecca and that's where they were in a room and they were doing this work and first learning how to move when they're laying down and we're blindfolding them. And we're, we're having them begin breathing. And if any of you guys listening and you want to start this, do it right now. Go find a dark spot in your closet. Try it. I dare you. Just go there and start breathing and feel that internal and find those knots and go into it. Breathe into that space yeah. and allow it to move. Tell it, we're going to move here. If you need help, do what I did. When I first started doing my, I, I said, God, I need help. God, I was, it was a prayer. I asked for help and it works. Try it. Yeah. That said, once that process starts, it kind of keeps going. And, and so I took this group hiking and we're in this one, one hike that we're doing up into this beautiful place we call Strawberry Canyon. It's just absolutely gorgeous in, a, in the Talkeetna Mountains in Alaska. And we're, we come upon this one lake, this just beautiful lake, this giant rock canyon wall. And, and it's just glass calm and it's kind of, you know, it was a little overcasty. And uh, one gentleman named Mark was he was, he was in full process. He was just right there. I just walk up behind him. You can feel it. Just, it's just one thing vibrating, ready to explode inside of him. And he's got tears and he says, it's just so still and so quiet. And I was like, Hey, just let it go, man. You know? And I think I put my hand on his back or something like that, or, but he just killed over, start throwing up. Like he just, and he started moving and moving and it was just, it was just pouring out of him. You could feel it just pouring out of him. Um, intense trauma, intense stuff that, and he was right at the beginning of that, just moving through that stuff. And, um, and then it was interesting because the next hike that we had done was up at this place called gold cord Lake. And then same thing, just beautiful hike way up into this upper Alpine Lake way above the tree line, just 
stunningly beautiful. But again, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm assuming most of these guys are from the city. Most of them don't do a lot of hiking or anything like that. And so I'm trying to make sure I just keep everybody in track because you we're in bear country, we're out in the mountains and I'm like, I want to make sure everybody's safe. So just keeping a peg on where everybody is. We get up and we're at the lake and it's this huge bowl, this alpine bowl and with rocks everywhere and just mountains. And I can't find Jason. And I'm like, where's Jason? I got to, you know, I'm, so I'm, I go hiking kind of around the lake and I come around this giant boulder and there's this other boulder that's like, it looks like a giant tabletop. It's flat and it's covered in moss. It's just like, just laid out there. And he's on his back, laid there. He's laying there looking up or not looking up. His eyes are closed. He's got his palms outward and his, he's kind of on his back and it's just raining lightly. And I'm like, Oh, I'll just leave him to it. You know? And I just walk back. And then anyway, we're on the way back. Same thing. He had just really been introduced to this stuff, you know, on the way back. And he says, and I can't remember the exact quote cause it's like, you know, five, six years ago, whatever it was, seven years ago. He says, uh, can you process anger and like violence, um, without like getting angry? Because I think I just did a whole process and I didn't, I didn't, I was totally quiet. And I was like, yeah, I was like, Whoa, bro, you, you got there already. And he was like, yeah. I'm like, it's that he's like, yeah, I just, it was simple. It's, it's, it's simple. It's just not, it's all, it's just a story that your ego is telling you. And I was like, yeah, yeah. the whole thing. I go, and some people get there quickly and they realize that and they go, Oh, the whole thing is just a story. Yeah. You know, and, and there's a caveat to that. I want yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, I was actually going to ask yeah. you cause I know there is, you know? Yeah, there absolutely is. Yeah. Because, because this, there is, there is the story, mm-hmm. right? And then there's how the story, how the ego has created what we can call an attachment to the story. Mm-hmm. Right? And that actually has substance to it. And that, yeah. when we process, that's essentially what we're processing. Sometimes right. it is just repressed emotions, repressed energetic emotions like anger, you yeah. know, sadness. Like one time I, I ran a process, I cried for an hour and 45 minutes. Right. Yeah, that was out, this time, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah just because there's all that, there's just so energy. much repressed yeah. energy in the body, yeah. and and then then there's the e, what the ego does to help you attach to to attach to a story. Yeah, explain that. Um, and that's a lot of times what you feel in the chakras. Like when you talked about, you re- you just feel it in your chest, and you just mm-hmm. you just mm-hmm. able to release it. Mm-hmm. It's because the ego is tr- still trying. The ego is actively trying to create attachments as long as it's in existence, which you know it, it right. is. You know, right. it's. Crying, trying to create attachments because that's how it understands. Think of it like a kind of a, you know, it's trying to put up suspension wires to hold you. Right. You know? Right. And, and so it creates these attachment points and that's made of energy. Now I can't describe in scientific terms what that energy is, but you'll feel it in your body. You'll feel it in your stomach. You feel it in your chest. And at times this is where the concept of entities comes into play. At times that can take on conscious form. And that right. does, that does create strong attachments. So, mm-hmm. You know, someone will work through that and you, and this is where, this is where you have to learn a little more of a masterful kind of way of doing things and where you need some help sometimes, you know, is to be able to, to learn how to deal with those strong attachments. And I've watched people work through those things for years and, and, but what happens is that you get to the point, it is kind of a quantity thing. There's only a finite amount of this trauma in your body. Right. So as you move energy, it gets easier. It's like the scale gets lighter. Yeah. And over time, eventually you can come to the point where you can simply look at your ego and go, nah, I'm not going to do that. 
Right. And eventually, if you refuse the ego's constant desire to make attachments and live in those attachments, it starts to kind of dissolve or it becomes yeah. very, uh, it can become very docile or submissive in a way. Yeah. Now, that only, like, even for you, we've talked about this before, even for you, you don't encounter many attachments to your, your, ego, your ego anymore, but you could if you decided, like, if you're like, I think I'm going to go, like, crazy big goals. Oh, by the way, we had that conversation, and so I've begun. I was like, yeah. hey, I'm going to go ahead and push a little bit. And, and sure enough, right? Sure enough, yeah. uh, little pieces of anxiety and, and worry and future stories start popping up and you go, oh man, there it is. You know, so, uh, We'll have to talk about that because it, yeah. it really is. And that's one of the reasons I, I, with my clients, I'm like, hey guys, let's, let's set high goals, mm-hmm. but not for the purpose of creating an attachment to that goal, but for the purpose of driving our, pro- our, our actual transformative process. Mm-hmm. You know, I got this soccer player, he's a pro soccer player and he's like, I'm not sure I really want to, you know, play in a world cup. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Go, of course you do. I go, of course you do. I go, we are, and he had been just, he had been resisting and resisting and resisting right. setting that extremely high goal. Right. And the re, and I finally got him to it. I go, Hey, you are in resistance to your own transformative process. It's yeah. and it has nothing to do with you like other stuff too. Maybe I'll do be a lawyer or whatever. It's not that. Right. I go, let's do this. And I, yeah. I convinced him to set the intention. And he literally was like, okay. And I said, repeat after me. And we, I, I did this whole thing with him of setting his intention on playing in a, with a U.S. national team jersey on in a World Cup. And he almost, and afterwards, he's like, I think I'm going to throw up. Right. right. He was literally like, I, I feel sick. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, do you feel that? It's kind of almost like an ominous, kind of scary feeling. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I feel a little sick. Yeah. And, and that's because we immediately just sent this super high vibration through the roof of our intention. And met, we're messing with the multiverse now. And you're setting this super high intention. And that's going to trigger more of that stuff. Because it doesn't exist just in you. It's part of how you're co- connected to the collective. Because we're all just a manifestation of this one consciousness we can call God. Right. And so we are doing our part to clean and, and raise the vibration in ourselves is raising the entire planet. That's why we've got to set high goals. We have to, right. but it's, but it's hard because I set skyrocket, just astronomical goals from the beginning. And I did it all at once, like for everything right. in my life. Right. And I remember one, I remember Rebecca Marina going, you did, you said, I told her all of my goals. And she goes, you set all those intentions like right at the same time. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, Oh man. <laughs> and she, cause she was like, are you all right? <laughs> I'm like, that's, yeah, it's been harder than I thought, you know? Right. Cause, cause right. it's just erupting inside of me. See, I, just- I had the totally different experience. I, my, I had really, really simple goals. And, and yeah. I, and it's funny because it's, it's like, if I'm being honest, like I do have, when I, when I go into um, my heart's desire, there are big goals. Yeah. But I, 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 they were big goals for me at the beginning was peace. You know, that was a big goal for me because I was suicidal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, inner yeah. Peace. And then I've had that for so long now that I'm going, oh. that's why it was interesting because when you said to me, yeah, if you raise that up, you raise your goals up, you're going to watch the, you'll see the new challenges in terms of your ego. And uh, that really challenged me. And I was like, I went in and I spent some time in meditation going, what do I? And I'm like, oh yeah, I found some pretty intense goals still there and going, I haven't, I have not sat there and moved those from this category of, Oh, that'd be cool to that's what I want. That's what I'm going to do. And now that I have, I took two of them and I'm not going to say what they are right now, but I, but I, (laughs) I took two of them, moved them over to the, I'm moving in this direction category. And it's sure enough, it really like, um, it put, it's been pushing me big time. And I, um, finding that, uh, yeah, I want to medicate that a little bit in terms of, I'd, I'd like to, uh, (laughs) It's really easy in Hawaii to 
you know, by three o'clock, especially in quarantine to just go, yeah, I think I'm done on the computer. I'm, you know, I should be working and building this website or working on this branding thing that I'm doing. And, but instead I, I think I'll go make an old fashioned and post it out. <laughs> yeah. It has an easy three o'clock has somehow become the drinking hour. Now it's like, dude, in Hawaii, it's so, oh, it's so like, uh, well, I know you're always like, you get that, that, that nice chill oh, Prosecco or whatever. Oh, but dude. it's funny. It's funny. Cause that's the thing, man. That's, that's why we have to do that. But your process, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say it hasn't been easier than mine, but I'd say maybe it's more, it's been more gentle than mine. Yeah. No, I don't because, feel, because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because right at the beginning, literally the day yeah. after I, the day after my wife did that, that exorcism on me yeah. and that, and my addiction ended, I set my goals on being a new number one, New York times bestselling author. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> and, I don't. I dude, I remember, and I, was like, and I remember going, Oh, well, Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> like going, yeah. And I've been, and as a result, you know, I mean, it's just been, you know, it's yeah, it, the wine, it's the wine press, man. But right. it's, but my, my goal was literally like, yeah, I'd like to live somewhere warm and, 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 and peaceful and just <laughs> like travel with my life. And, yeah. enjoy and I was like, I'm going to change the fucking world, man. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. If, if I'm telling someone who right now there's a spec, there's a spectrum, there's some guys that on that are listening that have, that have done some processing. There are some people mm -hmm. that have, I have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. We're, so let's just go lowest common denominator. Well, we did. You did remember the video that you did with Jason. It right. Is, is and a very kind of basic self-explanatory. So that, yeah. that explanation exists there. And, and the book and the guidebook yes. have, are very good at helping people begin this process. Right. Absolutely. No, absolutely. The, guide, the fact, guidebook. The guidebook. Know, the guidebook. Process. Yeah. Let's talk about the guidebook for a second. And, and because I think that is actually probably the best place for people to start if they want to get into this. Yes. Um, right. It, yeah. Easily. Um, yeah. Go to mypilgrimage.com, go to the books page, use the links there and you can buy the books and you can, you can, uh, but that guidebook can work separate. You can, you don't have, it's great to have both of them. Um, but the guidebook is something you can just begin working through. Um, I had a Javier, our friend Javier who's in the Facebook group. He just called the other day and he was like, yeah, I actually haven't done that yet. And I was like, what? Yeah. He's been on there for a long time and he's never worked with it again because it was just really, really scary. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's hard. And, yeah. but that's the place to start in terms of learning about processing and learning how yeah. to, and it'll push you there. And the questions yeah. and the things that are there will definitely push you in that direction. But then you have to have the courage to, to just flat out do it, yeah. to go yeah. into your pain and understanding that's where we're heading. It's not, yeah. this is not a painless journey. Yeah. If that's what you want, this is the wrong podcast. Well, and and the great, the great thing about this is that we, it does save us a certain level of pain. It saves you from the pain of having to figure out all the ifs and you know and whys and hows of how you're going to find this great life right you can actually set your intention and then focus almost 100 percent on the internal experience of right. transforming your internal space yeah. and then your world will rewire itself that's how yes. spirit works spirit will yes. literally rearrange your world and as you become less and less attached to it you begin to live you know in this thing jesus called the kingdom right. of god you begin to walk in christ like right. paul talked about where where you know, when it says we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes. That, that's just a switch. Yeah. Most, most people, and especially Christians that I know, are walking by sight, not by faith. Right. We're just switching it where all of a sudden yeah. now I'm going to trust it as even though it looks like my world's falling apart, that's actually just my world reacting to how I'm internally completely right. transformed. So, and, and so one important note to kind of finish up on this, when you begin doing this stuff, um, the temptation is, especially for you guys in relationships, uh, is to then go tell your partner to do it. Um, yeah, Hey, Oh, this be really, I, my friend, my friend uh, in Alaska and I had a good conversation about this and he was talking about his partner and he's saying, you know, it would be really helpful for her. I think this would really help her. And I'm going, that's your ego, bro. Like that's your ego 
that is saying I can, I can, yeah, I can spend all my time and energy fixing her. I, fi- I can, right, fix, right. You know? I'm going, no, no, no. I said, that's the universe work. That's right. the head, what we call the heavy lifting. You let the universe change other people. Universe does it. You do the work to work on you. And then your energy shifts and that, and your whole spirit shifts and everything around you has to shift. It has to react. Okay. Yeah. Just like when you put a boat in the water, the water is displaced, right? Yeah. But we have, we, that's what happens is we are just doing this kind of shift and everything gets displaced and moved around us. All that energy gets to change. So the people around us, our partners, our kids, our, our church people, our everybody will yeah. change and shift as it goes along. So, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. You are now informed on the process of processing dealing with all those emotions dealing with all that energy that's pent up what we'd like you to do is to try it if you don't feel like you can if you feel like you need help there's a really great resource white raven center in anchorage alaska they even do phone sessions you can call white raven center or you can go to their website whiteravencenter.org and you can actually learn and work with one of their facilitators to do this type of healing work but you can also try it on yourself because it's something that doesn't have a right or wrong answer it's something that if your intuition and your spirit is saying, hey, we can do this, then try it. Lie down, breathe. It helps to be blindfolded, finding those spots in your body and allow the spirit to lead you through that. But you don't have to go it alone. You can also come onto the Facebook page and you can share your experiences and you can ask for help and uh, listen to other people's stories. You're not alone in this, none of you. So go over there, go to Facebook and go to the My Pilgrimage group and join in. If this is helping you, if you're enjoying this you want, and you feel like you want to give or you want to contribute or you're in a place where you can do that, like you still have a job, um, you can go to mypilgrimage.com. There's a Patreon link there. You can give however much you need. And uh, we're working on kind of improving that, that experience, uh, making it better. We've got one more episode of this. Next week, we're going to be kind of talking about the road ahead and we're going to be answering your questions. We posted in the Facebook page to post questions in that feed about what questions you have still. What do you want us to talk about? And Seth and I will have that long discussion. It's going to be just him and I kind of t- discussing uh, topics that you bring up and about what comes out. And that will complete the MyPilgrimage.com series uh, podcast. But, little teaser, we're starting a new podcast called The Voyagers. And The Voyagers is going to start, it's going to launch the first week of September. And that's going to be an ongoing podcast in which we're going to be talking about stuff way beyond porn addiction. We're going to be talking about theology and philosophy and spirit and love and pretty much everything. We're going to have special guests coming on and we're going to try and take that as far as we can go. So look for that September. I'll do lots of announcing here on this podcast or on uh, on the, the Facebook page so you all know what's coming. Okay. Thanks again for joining us next week. We'll kind of wrap this up and have, a, have a, some good conversation. Please post your questions on Facebook and we'll talk to you soon. Aloha. Well, let's talk, let's talk about, let's talk about constructs real quick. So, um, it, this is just a, just kind of a PS on the end of the podcast here. We're just kind of doing a supplement because we saw, as I was finishing editing the, the episode, we saw the conversation that Craig, uh, had put up on the group talking about constructs and Aaron had asked, uh, about, uh, constructs and in, in terms of he's, you know, he said, I just picked up the Kindle version. It feels like redemption. So I could search through the book to find a refresher on constructs that the energy is contained in by our ego. Seeing what I can find today as a refresher as anxiety is still something that I am letting go of. So I wanted to uh, just kind of put that to you in terms of, 
we talk a little bit, just let's spend a 15 minutes here just talking about constructs and what that is, what it, and why, uh, as my understanding of it is that the, the constructs are, are everything, everything material is a construct of sorts. Is a construct. Yeah. 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 And so, so in the way that the ego kind of plays in that universe and it seems like my ego is always telling me that trying to tell me that that's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Right. It's true. It, right. The constructs are true. Yeah. Yeah, ultimately, that's when, and, and ultimately, when we talk about the way the entire universe in its material form is structured, it is through a collective ego that we that someone call a masculine energy. Like mm-hmm. the, the universe is masculine and feminine energies, and the masculine is what gives it form. Mm-hmm. And that's why the ego is very, very masculine. You know, even for hey, the woman, hey, like, try try and hold your camera steady if you can. Oh, it's sorry. shaking the a lot. E- the ego is very masculine, um, and. And it's a masculine form that gives form to things. So the ego doesn't know anything other than give it form. Right. right? right. And, and, and well, it knows, it knows give it form and help and survive it. Right. So it understands survival. So, so a construct, a great construct um, that you would see functioning um, is something very similar to what Craig was articulating in the yeah. first place with that post. Cause when he said, yeah, she's just, she says that, that, you know, that anxiety is, is uh, you know, is you know the structure of the ego whatever what it, that thing that she said about it where she just has this acceptance that this is just the way it's going to be you know you you know that's that's a complete and total construct right i think it's a cool with it this that she has stories and what ifs always running through her head and that creates anxiety right 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 and and of course that does create anxiety right. but the, the the question of course though is she has a structure now she's saying so i can control it it's created by the mind that i can control it with mine what you know, all we've done, all you and I are doing with this is creating a different construct. We're taking it, we're trying to create a better right. construct. We're right. creating a construct. It's a little bit like creating a one, you know, prison cells, right? You build, you know, you, you know, you meet a guy who's lived his entire life in a isolation with no light and no window and you put him in a, you know, now he's got a toilet and a small little window. He's in right. heaven, right? Better yeah. construct, right? Yeah. And all we've been talking, and that's essentially what consciousness is, is an expansion of your construct. Right. And this is what it was meant to be. This is the entire, this is the entire, the theological point is called uh, progressive revelation, right? Uh-huh. This idea that you see at the, in the beginning of the Bible, God is this kind of really kind of odd rudimentary construct that's right. coming into this world where the gods are pretty mean and, <laughs> and nasty right. and require your firstborn and all this stuff. Right. And you see this kind of revelation of the construct getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. And then you, you know, you hit the 20th century and also, you know, even not, even not even that you hit the ancient days with, with the Greeks when, when Plato and Aristotle was starting to go, uh, maybe reality is not what we thought it was. And they were making room for bigger and bigger and bigger constructs. Well, now we're at a space where, you know, psychology holds what we're doing essentially is psychology, right? It's the discipline of psychology, but we're, I call it psycho-spiritual work because we're trying to merge different disciplines into a space that give us a better construct because psychology has failed us at so many levels. Right. Right. I mean, I was trained in what's known as psychodynamic theory and psychodynamic is pretty good. It's, it understands that the psyche becomes fractured. What I would call the soul, they call the psyche, which of course is problematic. It locates it in the mind, right? Becomes fractured. And therefore I have these younger parts of me that have been fractured through trauma. And I need to now get to know these parts of me and love these parts of me. So, but it stopped there, right? right. Because there was no, there, because it's psychology. It doesn't have room for spirit. It doesn't have room for energy. It doesn't have room for quantum, right? It doesn't have room for that. So it stops at with the mind saying, now I'm going to love this. And we were taught how to self-love, lots of bubble baths, lots of candlelight, that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, it's Tony Robbins, love. right? I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah. I'm going to play with this younger part of me because it needs to be played with. But the problem is 
it's trauma, it's energy, it's stuck in a time loop. Every time I play with it, it needs more, it needs more, it needs more, and it keeps going and going and going. So what we're trying to do is create a better construct. I mean, I just had a session with a client over here and I said, listen, I'm about to teach you a bunch of stuff. It's our first session. It'd be very helpful if you would just believe what I say. I said, are you a skeptic? And she goes, a little bit. And I go, okay. I go, so we don't have a lot of time here. We're gonna get this done. We wanna deal with your anxiety. So if you just accept what I'm saying is true, this is gonna help you a lot more. You know what I mean? Right. That would be really, really helpful for for us to build a construct where. Well, I would say it'd be key working with any therapist. Absolutely, hundred percent. And what we're trying, what we're trying to do with my pilgrimage is go. Hey, is there a better construct where God has actual power and there's room for that power to operate? And so we're we're functioning in that. I think uh, you get a lot of. Um, I, I hear you hear constructs function in, in society in these really subtle ways, you know, uh, like, mm-hmm. you know, Carl Jung said, unless we do the work of making what is unconscious conscious, it'll dictate your life and you'll call it fate. Right. So that exactly. buddy of you that you have, that's just totally jacked up and he doesn't seem to change. You just go, ah, you know, it's just the way he is. Sure. That's, sure, con- sure. that's construct, right? A really right. subtle little construct. Oh, you know, ah, she's just always been that way, you know. Yeah. You know, she's, she's human. Well, are. we're all flawed, yeah. right? We're all flawed, yeah, right? You know, we're all, we've all sinned yeah. and come short of the glory of God. That's a great right. construct, right? We've right. all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. Therefore, boom, boom, boom. Theology is a construct, all of it. But our, our goal is to create something that we want to create an arena in which God can really play. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. God is un, unleashed in and, and, all. Okay, well then let me, just, just, just for the Matthew Woods of the world, I want to make sure that. Uh, Who we love dearly. Who we love dearly, and we're, we're happy we to have him you. in our group. And I hope he's listening. And I'm coming to Idaho at some point. I'm going to track that guy down and buy him a really good dinner. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, no, I appreciate I appreciate um, the, the counterpoint. I think it's good and healthy yeah. to have in the group, and I don't. I, I certainly don't want it to become a place where everybody's just a big agreement party. Um, you guys can go to right. church on Sunday for that. But we, we, uh, right. <laughs> we um, sorry, I mean, I, we, I like it's good to have those discussions, those counter discussions. But from a, from a standpoint, we also assume that religion in and of itself, even Christianity as we know it, evangelical form of it, the denominational form of it um, is a construct. It's something we created to try and, and what you're saying is essentially that um, that that's an ongoing thing. What did you call it? Something revelation, progressive, progressive relation. And that we can be a part of the progress of the revelation, or we can be the person who tries to hold the reins and pull it back and pull it back and say, I, I, it's funny. I, I was uh, I had watched the Rob Bell film that came out, and I was uh, and I'd gone back through some YouTube. I went down over a YouTube trail of Rob Bell stuff, looking at some of his stuff in the past, and and there was a debate on there. He was on a on an English on an English radio station. It was yeah, a Christian yeah, radio station. Yeah. He was having a debate with this other a pastor, English pastor, about homosexuality or something like that. It was okay, right. and that guy and I and it was interesting because you can see Rob was kind of. He just, he's moved on in the, re, in yeah, the he's progressive like, what am revelation. I doing here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because in the point, he's like, he's, tell, he's telling this, he has this story about this God who's really helpful. You know, yeah. this God, God is helpful. God is beautiful. God is about shalom and love and the peace and bringing that. And, he, and it, you can see the healing that he, he's experienced in his own life, but also that he's, right. he's teaching to others. And this other guy is just continuing to advocate for this God who just has all of this just da, 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 this black and white and ancient understanding. And Rob's trying to explain it to him. Going, uh, yeah, well, who taught you that though? But who taught you that? But who taught you that? And he's like, well, you say scripture doesn't. And he's going, yeah, but you interpreted scripture that way. And he's like, well, no, all the, not just me, but all of these other really smart people. And he's going, yeah, but I can find you a bunch of smart people over here that disagree with that. And, 
And, it, and so, right. And so it, it becomes, it's, it's funny. If everybody who's listening to podcasts can sit down and just go, uh, you could say, I mean, we do this essentially in the guidebook, sit down and write out the constructs that, that operate your life. You're what you believe, what you say you believe, but what you really believe. You know, we were talking about someone that we know today, uh, who, who says that she wants a bunch of things and a bunch of wants these meaningful relationships and stuff like that, but doesn't, make any effort to create them None. You know? yeah, zero. and then i was like well yeah. what what does she do oh she spends all day gossiping yeah with friends and you go yeah. oh it's a family member just so you guys know we're talking yeah, yeah. about family <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i'm gonna spend all day just doing gossip not gonna invest in those relationships at all i'm just going to spend yeah. and call people and gossip and, and you go and that's what she really believes that's her that's what yeah. she wakes up in the morning and her ego says yeah. that's the construct we're going to be fully engaged in Right. Um, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I, I, one last thought I wanted to say, and, and I'd love to hear your thought on that. The, the whole kind of concept is that church is an agreement party. I know that a lot of people that listen to this podcast go to church and are involved in their churches and value that experience. And I do not mean to knock that at all, um, because because churches there there there's so many different types of churches, and those people are are, are all I think many of them pursuing something that um, deeply and meaningful and. Um, but when I call it an agreement party, I generally kind of say that's kind of what church is in general. It's a tribalistic kind of experience in which we all kind of come to this space. And those of us who agree sure. firmly, those of us who agree the most vocally rise to the top and the leadership and the rest of us kind of are in that space. We agree uh, in the same construct. And when we don't, when we start to lose, lose the narrative, we start to fall away from that narrative. We slowly drift to the back of the church. Pretty soon, we're like our friend Hannah, who's come into the group. We're sitting in the back of the church now at the night or the evening service because we've slowly had to move at that space that is no longer functional for us. And, um, and then inevitably we leave and we yeah. go to something else because we are in this search for a tribe. We are in a search for somebody who has a construct that works. This group in and of itself as my pilgrimage in this Facebook group can be the same. It's, just, it's a similar thing. It's yeah. just that our construct is one in which we're very comfortable with some of the loose and, and, the, and that's why we call it a no judgment zone because we're very loose and, and saying this is what it is. It's a, it's a construct that essentially doesn't create anxiety. Right. That's what we're going yeah. for at least. Right. Yeah. Well, and, we're, and again, we're trying to create Well, we're and we're trying to create an arena where there's play. Right. right. We're trying to, you know, so there's, there, we're trying to create a space where curiosity and struggle and pain and, and, all that can, can be, right. you know, can actually, you know, because again, you know, if, if the goal is certainty then there's plenty of places for that. Right? right. But we're, we're also trying to transcend the space of agreement and disagreement. We're trying to transcend the space where we all take our opinions so seriously. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> As we're trying, so we're trying to, we're trying to come to the point where to life in the spirit is not a, is not a life of agreement and disagreement. Life right. in the spirit is a life of love. Period. Right. Like, and this is the song, uh, for those of you looking for a, a, a meditation this week, um, the song One by U2 is mm. a meditation. If, you, if you just sit and let that song wash over you, it's a meditation. And he talked about love being a higher law. It's, just, it's not talking about love being something that abolishes a, that law, but it is talking about it, it cre it's a new space where the law no has, longer has power over us. Agreement, disagreement, your opinions, your thoughts, your structures, your ideas, your, what you need to survive no longer have sway over us. Love yeah. is the thing that has sway over us. And, and we're just trying to create that space, but, you know, and you and I moderate the Facebook group. Like there's people that put stuff in 
before where I've said, sorry, man, we're not doing that here. This yeah. construct doesn't allow for that type of thing. You know, I had somebody put an hour and a half sermon about it. everybody was going to hell one time. And I'm like, yeah, that, we don't, yeah, we're not doing that because we, this construct's much, much bigger than this. And this will not be, it'll simply not serve anyone. Here, right? So it's, it's a, you know, it's a construct, no question. Right? All, all knowledge of God is perfect. This is, the, this is what Kierkegaard said, right? He's saying that, you know, God is this thing. Or was it Eckhart? Might, it might have been Meister Eckhart. He's saying that it's the thing that in which we should never, ever, ever speak. And yet we cannot speak something. Right? So... But we're trying to see how does this apply to human life more than anything. You and I are two people that are just wanting to work hard and wrestle, wrestle, wrestle with these things. So it's good, man. That's a good word. We'll leave it at that. Thanks, man. Thanks for taking the time. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Catch you later. Bye. Bye.